Inside the halls of American hospitals, millions of people find comfort, healing, and support. But for many doctors and nurses, this couldn't be further from the truth. This podcast will dive into the shadows of American healthcare to investigate and uncover the abuse, control, and political power plays that leave the very people responsible for our nation's health broken and battered. We're sharing stories of professionals in medicine that have experienced horrendous treatment at the hands of a broken system that does nothing to stop the trauma. As the Association of American Medical Colleges states, long before the Me Too movement, women in medicine have instinctively banded together to counter a culture that too often tolerated harassment. From systemic trauma to abusive power to the unspoken rules of cover-ups and corruption, Mandy Irby and Phoebe will take you to the darkest corners of healthcare in America so you can have an inside look at bringing humanity back to medicine. Sensitive content warning. This podcast will share details of triggering subjects such as sexual assault and workplace violence. So if you aren't in a space to listen, respect your mental health and tune in again at another time. Hey, welcome back to the Pulse Check Podcast. My name is Mandy. I'm Hee. Hey, he he. Today we're talking about strike breakers. So he he, you and I have been trying to record for a while. And it was over the Kaiser, the week of Kaiser Permanente strike. What we thought was going to happen was a strike in mid-November. And that did not happen, but it got us on some interesting topics around nursing unions and things like that. So from my understanding, you're curious about what strike breaker nurses are and what they do and a little bit about that, right? Yeah, and the morals and the ethics and the intricacies of, you know, patients do have to be cared for. So if nurses go in and break those strikes and they're ultimately doing good for the patients, but it's at the expense of other nurses, which is where it kind of gets hairy. And yeah, that's what I want to dive into. Um, it is hairy and I'm curious to see who's listening how you all feel about it, because I think there are some pretty strong feelings, one, you know, one side or the other about um, workers who cross the strike line. And this isn't just in healthcare, right? There's unions for other industries. I know growing up that my dad talked about it. He worked for oil industry and petroleum industry, and they he, he just talked about the seriousness of it, the seriousness of, and the dangers of workers crossing the lines, the strike lines, they would get beat up. They would get their tires slashed. Like, I think it's illegal to do that, but that that's what he would tell me. He said it was very serious and they would, this was before social media. So they would kind of like hound you, whatever the information they could get out of you. So you had to put your badge away or they would like show up at your house they're very mad. So I know that there's a lot of emotion tied to it. So I also want to say that I am not a union and have never been a union employee. I think, um, unions are not supported in my state. I think I'm one of the States that, um, yeah, I'm an at employee at will state. And I was, I've been kind of curious about that and wonder 
if you're listening, if you know what kind of state you live in, if you're in a union, then you know, but an at-will state means that employers have, I believe, more power and ways to control and minimize union development because they can just fire you if you, if they sniff out that you're talking about unions. So I don't have, um, I've never been on strike or crossed the strike line, but the way that nurses are working these days, especially since 2020, um, is really changing my, um, a family member who's a nurse. I just got information this week that they either have accepted or are accepting very, very soon their first travel position. And that is just so much more common right now. People are, you know, like we've talked about that, right? Like chasing that, um, higher pay for, um, the needs when the pandemic reaches higher numbers and their population is sicker and sicker and they need more nurses for what what hospitals say a short period of time. So I have a question. Is Mm -hmm. that what a strike breaker is? A strike breaker is someone who accepts a travel position to come in temporarily, or can you also be a strike breaker if you apply for a job there and take it and, you know, start during the time that these nurses are on strike? Or can you also be a strike breaker if you are one of the employees that doesn't agree to striking and will continue to show up to work during this period? Are all of those people strike breakers? Mm, I don't believe if you're, no, if you're part of the union, you cannot work. Wow. Not allowed to work during a strike. And they have, from what I understand, they have some money for that to help with that. But I mean, it's not like a hundred percent of pay for everyone um, is what I understand. Maybe that's bullshit. Maybe that's just what they say. And then you get in the real life and they're like, we don't have any money for you. I don't, I don't really know. We ain't helping you out, but thanks for striking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Part of the union, there's give and take, right? It's not a family, it's work environment. So it's a, like a work club and it's to help protect employees and it is to represent employees. You don't always agree with everything that your union does. Um, and the goal is not to go on strike for the workers. You're not getting paid for the employers. You don't have workers. So the employers could have workers that aren't union. So that's what Kaiser kept like promoting. They're like, all physicians will work through the strike. So we knew physicians were not in, not unionized, right? They were like, please understand, which they were trying to appease the patients, right? And they were trying not to lose business. So they were like, you will have physicians. What, (laughs) what consumers don't understand is there's a lot fewer physicians than there are nurses, you lose nurses or all union staff, you can't function as a hospital and a healthcare system. So I believe they can be travel nurses. I believe that they can be just um, contract like assignments and it can be even shorter than a travel assignment and it can be new hire. It can be like someone that they hire just for that. Like they put out a call and they're like, we're hiring um, and they wouldn't be a union hire. But I think I don't, I don't know. So I think that dis- there's always been the discussion as long as there's always been unions, but I think nursing is more mobile right now, or the concept is more acceptable and more utilized because of um, travel opportunity, because of pandemic needs 
in different places in the country um, because of this like change and growth that's happening in in healthcare and in the generations of folks that are going into the workforce and how that is changing and how um, the older generations that are retiring grew up in a much different mindset. They're like, get your pension, stay, stay, work hard, work sucks. You don't have to like it. You just have to do it. Um, money requires hard work. You have to sacrifice. Right. And so that's what hospitals, that's how they grew. They needed folks to sacrifice because they were always underpaid, overworked, abused, mistreated, taken advantage of. So now this like more mobile world and, and nursing culture, I think maybe changes the conversation about strike nurses. I'm not sure if that changes the ability, like the ease at which hospitals can find nurses to work to cross the strike line, pick a line, but I think it still can be dangerous. I don't think you're going to, I don't know, maybe they're attacked. They're definitely like booed and screamed at. Oh yeah. Because what that means is yes, we are all nurses, but y'all have a beef with your employer. I don't have a beef with your employer. So I'm going to take the double pay or I'm going to take the triple pay or whatever they're paying for the two weeks that they anticipate or however long, you know, the strike goes on. I'm going to get my bread while y'all figure out your beef. I'm not even a nurse and I already feel like, like, where's the solidarity in that? Mm. You know, however, you're you're leaving people hanging to dry. I can understand both sides. I always, as a younger nurse would be like, fuck that. I would definitely work for triple pay. I don't know what they pay. They pay a lot. It could be more than that. It could be less than that, but pretend I would be like, fuck that. Yes, I would. How long have I been working being underpaid because of the fucking abusive nursing culture and toxic nursing culture that has never like demanded equal pay the the sexist shit that keeps us underpaid and working so hard now to like once we realize it we're like oh my gosh we're so deep in it it takes it's going to take every nurse to get out of this I look around and I'm like, well, I've tolerated it. I've taught that I've been taught that it was okay. And I've suffered from it. Why not play the system? Why not take advantage and work two weeks and get to take time off and, you know, pay my bills off, you know, pay my loans off. Like that could be huge for somebody. So it was seen as a way to get what was right for you, rightfully yours anyway. It's a way to squeeze out yeah, yeah, a healthcare system and be like, oops, guess you should have like figured your shit out. Sure. I'll take all your money. However, you're not walking into a really great, you're walking into a hostile situation. No one's happy, Mm. right? Like you're still understaffed. It's difficult. You are just keeping it afloat and you know that, right? You're keeping the system or this business afloat until they can come to an agreement and get their staff back in. So like your managers, the physicians, no one's happy about that. Everybody, everybody's been replaced. No one knows what the fuck, right? You're all like being trained on the job. Like I can't imagine how difficult that would be 
but they're like, sure, I'm willing to do that. I'm flexible. I learn fast, like bring it on. I'm going to make triple my pay in a month. And do you just expect the position to dissolve when the resolution is reached and they get their staff back? Because that is also going to provide you with a level of emotional and cognitive dissonance, right? Where you're so unemotionally attached, like you don't care what happens. I'm showing up every day so that you people can keep on caring for patients. Y'all are eventually we'll get back on the right track and I'm going to be out of here. Is that kind of, that's kind of the feelings and the emotions. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's how a lot of nurses can do travel nursing definitely, because they're just not connected. They're you have that feeling. It, that's how I felt when I quit or when I knew I was about to quit that whole like three month time period when I was like, I just have to wait for some things to be finalized. And then fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. I felt so freer and so less stressed in the, the heaviness, the weight um, begin to lift. So I think, I think that's a common feeling around that. And also travelers is like, look, I'm, I'm obviously here to do what I love or do what I'm good at or do what I like or make the bread. Like I'm not here to become part of your community. I'm not here to like make a bunch of waves, improve the system, get on committees. No one expects it either. They're just like, Oh, yep. They're a traveler. They'll be gone soon. Are we going to put a lot of time and energy into that relationship or that like staff member? They're not going to grow that staff member for long-term. So I think there's, there's that like distance that can be really healthy. Got it. Wow. This is interesting. I wonder if people do get beat up because they accept certain positions and are strike breakers. That feels very like, gosh, I don't even know. I don't barbaric to me. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's like day. old school. I hope so. I hope that's a thing of the past. Um, wow. That would be kind of dangerous to take a travel position. If you knew that, you know, you actually might come into harm's way physically. You wouldn't tell them your name. You wouldn't wear your badge, right? You kind of park away from the facility. I definitely think that that probably still stands. Maybe change clothes before you leave the hospital so you're not in. Scrub. I've definitely seen, yeah, I've definitely seen that where you're like, they don't know that you're a scab, I think is another word for it. Man. But you've seen it on social media. You saw how emotional, right? You shared something with me and someone was like, I wish they were joking, but like, mm. <laughs> I don't know, but they got a lot of like different comments in their comments. They were like, yes, go girl, get what you need to get, do what you need to do. You could pay off, right? You could pay off half of your student loans, all of your student loans with just one gig. Um, You could like- Right, that will literally change someone's life. So if you're out there thinking like, how could they ever, well, my goodness, just put yourself in their shoes for one second. Can you imagine having thousands and thousands and thousands, sometimes over $100,000 in school debt and knowing that you might be able to pay that off in 12 months or less at a travel position? I mean, sometimes you could pay it off in three or four, five months. I Yeah, yeah. Travel position, travel position is taking advantage of opportunities and like 
learning what works best for you, what you can cope in and making it work for the time being, um, getting creative with your degree and your experience and not feeling exploited along the way, really feeling like you're paid what you're worth. I was so proud when I heard that my family member was about to take a travel job. And like my husband told me, he did not, at first, when we first started talking about it, he didn't know what I was going to think. I think he thought I was going to be like, oh my God, like he should do it the right way. That's not the right. And I might've said that years and years ago, because that's kind of what we're taught. We're taught that like travelers are bad and they're like, a, they're part of a bad, they're part of what's wrong with the system. But it's obviously a broken system. Having travelers or not having travelers is not the breakage. It's not the beginning, like the, the systems within the hospitals, the like lean manufacturing foundation that hospitals run on, which is from Toyota car lean manufacturing is what's breaking the system. They will find people to work that they they don't have to pay full-time employees. They will find a way to do that. Travelers is just one way. And I think it's a way that nurses can kind of take back, take some of that back. However, I think strike breakers should not cross the picket line. No, I'm not supportive of that. That is where we can cha- make change. Every single person, every single nurse in the country can make change every single strike by not crossing the lines. Talk to us through, talk us through that. So talk us through what happens and what the implications are if someone crosses that strike line and then why it's so important to hold that line and really respect it and not break it. It's so important to hold the line because, oh, what you're doing when you cross the line is allowing that business to continue forward without respecting and meeting the demands of their employees. I don't, I'm not saying that unions are all of a sudden going to be like, now you have to pay for my groceries. Now you have to clothe us. Now you have to give us an employee car or a business cell phone. I'm not saying that they're going to like meet every demand that every person has. Like I need certain food in the cafeteria, but unions are made up of employees for, to keep employees safe and, and for fair wages and fair benefits and things like that. What in this instance, Kaiser was trying to do was over the next two years um, or over the next four years, I think it was a four-year contract was um, reduce wages for future nurses and future employees. So they were actually going to be paying less. So that would incentivize them to get rid of older employees, hire new employees, pay them less. So the union was actually holding firm on future nursing jobs and future nurses that were going to be part of the union in the future and work for Kaiser in the future. And also they were like shitting on their um, benefits packages and bonuses. They were like, no, we're not doing that. Or we're phasing it out or something like that. They were also not addressing the half a million healthcare workers shortage. They are short half a million healthcare workers over this whole union strike. So these are fundamental asks, right? These are not, this is why the union unions were created. So as far as I know, that's what was 
that was what was published and that was what they were discussing. And Kaiser was like, no, we're pretty much on the, on the road to like pay less. And you can look up numbers publicly of what the CEOs and the owners are making. And you, you can, everyone can understand that Kaiser is not on the brink of bankruptcy. They are not on like losing money. They are growing at a rapid pace. They are one of the fastest or one of the biggest healthcare industries in the country. So it's not a matter of like, we literally can't They They were like, we literally won't. Uh, Cause now we have to take care of sick people, right? There's a fucking pandemic and like, we're used to taking care of not sick people. And now we have to take care of really sick people. So it's cutting into our costs. So we're also going to just pay our resources less. And the nurse nurse union was holding strong and they were like, Nope, you can't No, that's not right. We are already working in unsafe conditions. And now you're telling us you're not going to pay us. You're not even going to meet inflation, let alone pay fair wages for future nursing jobs that you're about to post. That's less than what people are making. So we know that you're going to fire people for those new cheaper jobs. Like it just was a fiasco and nurses are historically underpaid, undervalued, um, and it, they're undervalued because a lot of what we do is not chargeable in the eyes of health insurance. They don't charge for therapeutic care. They don't charge for care. They don't charge for, you know, trauma-informed listening and guidance and advocating for human rights and advocating for patient choice and education. They don't charge for any of that. And that's a lot of what nurses are doing is that's why we're still humans at the bedside. So it's been undervalued and a way to change that and to demand that we are seen as the only fucking way healthcare systems can survive is with human nurses. We need to stand together and support nurses asking for better and fair wages, um, retirement, safe staffing. We all need and deserve that. So while I'm not part of a union, me encouraging people not to break that line, not to become a scab and take that money and let that, let that huge conglomerate, enormous healthcare system try to try to undermine that whole entire union, 80,000 nurses. I'm p- participating in help in supporting those nurses get what they're asking for and get fair pay and get fair treatment. If I cross it, that's helping that company say, you know what? <laughs> We're going to just hold out on this like strike. Like I've already scheduled vacation. So like maybe next week we can talk about it because actually we have enough scabs. Yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable for us to pay them, but it's not going to be uncomfortable for you to not get paid. It's that whole like blue collar middle-class pay scale that nurses are in. It really can affect nursing families. And so that could happen where the hospital, I mean, it's not ideal, but it could, that could be super manipulative. It feels like just a big game of chicken of who's going to give in first. And, you know, what came to mind when you were talking about, you know, it kind of shows the big health systems like, okay, 
you may not do it, but somebody will like, look at this strike breaker that came in. We can still fill these positions with or without you. So you can decide whether you're going to stay on strike and not get paid or you're going to come back to work. And that's, man, that's so tough. It's so frustrating to see them also just fling money and get results when that's what we've been saying. Like there's not a nursing shortage. There's a respectful nursing, you know, caring for nurses or or respectful treatment shortage. You're not respecting nurses. You're not understanding their, the toll that this pandemic is taking. You are understaffing. No one is going to work and continue to work like that, especially for such little pay. And they're like, oh, we know how to get nurses. You just pay them a bunch. And we're like, that's exactly, but us pay us. That's exactly what we're saying. You have the money, turn it into our money. They know that money talks. And I, I don't know the numbers, you know, I don't know how much they're losing, how much they're saving, what they're paying nurses, how many nurses they're paying for that short period of time. I don't know what those numbers are, but they have the money and they're just like, we're just going to pay our, you know, chair, our chair instead. That's wild to me. That is absolutely wild to me that they do have the money. They know exactly how to fix it. They just refuse to reallocate it into the correct pockets. It is absolutely mind-blowing. This feels like a great place to wrap up. For listeners out there, we would love to hear your opinions of this. We would love to hear your experiences and have you been part of a strike? Have you been a strike breaker? Let us No, Mandy, handing it off to you. Is there anything else we need to know on the topic of strike breakers and being paid what you are worth? Oh, I hope that nurses hear this and they're just getting more and more and more information that they are worth more than they're being paid right now. They're worth so much and they can get creative or be a part of unions, be union leaders and and really um, continue that change that's happening. I also really would love to talk to a strike breaker. So come on, that'd be a good debate. Come right? on the show and uh, please let it's us safe. know what it's like. It's <laughs> safe here. Let us know what it's like. <laughs> and it's I safe. promise to protect yeah. you from any of Mandy's like lashing. <laughs> yeah, he, he is here to subdue. Um, but also kind of not, but also we're safe and we can be anonymous too, if that's helpful. So totally, you're always safe here. All right, y'all, if you want to get a hold of us or share your story, or you want to nominate someone to be on the podcast to share their story, you can go ahead and send us an Instagram message over at, at pulsecheck.podcast and we will get back to you about being on the show. Thanks for being here today. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. We wanted to leave you with a quick stat and something to think about until we see you next time. According to a 2018 report from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine, the prevalence of sexual harassment in academic medicine is almost double that of other science and engineering specialties. This presents a serious danger that ripples into patient safety, clinical outcomes, and burnout which leads to costly loss of talent. How much safer could medicine be if nurses and physicians 
weren't also battling sexual harassment day in and day out. If you or anyone you know has a story to share, please contact us on Instagram at pulsecheck.podcast. We'd love to share your story.